I'm Ashley Moore, and this is the Moore Music Minute. Big Brother took over my drums. He just couldn't resist while Little Brother was out delivering newspapers in their town of Pasadena, California, to pay for his drum set. Alexander would go to his brother's room and commit the ultimate sin of touching his brother's drums. They were just so fun and so freeing compared to the classical piano training both he and his brother endured before. Maybe it was a little escapism, grabbing those drumsticks and imagining he was Ron Wilson of the safaris, sticks flying on toms as a solo from Wipeout swept over a screaming crowd. Maybe he was imagining he was touring back in Amsterdam where they both were from. Former classmates pressed against the ropes of the front row, screaming in excitement to see his band play. Ultimately, little brother would hear Alexander perform that Wipeout solo, and after trying to compete with his brother on drums, resigned himself to play guitar. They would go on to start a few bands together. First, The Broken Combs, then in college, while Alexander was studying music theory, scoring, composition, and arranging, he formed the band Mammoth with a bass player named Michael and David, the guy they were renting the sound system from as the final addition on vocals. It was all finally coming together. Alex was getting to watch their crowds get bigger and bigger as they played through Southern California, watching his little brother, Eddie, who once aspired to be a drummer, melt faces with his unparalleled guitar skills. In 1973, they changed the band's name from Mammoth to a new name, a a better name, their last name, Van Halen. I'm Ashley Moore, and this has been the Moore Music Minute. I'm sitting here today with my uh, longtime friend, and uh, um, just kind of Homer, Homer Alaska micro celeb, if you will. <laughs> Mike. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well print, uh, published and um, uh, recognized photographer Joshua Veldstra. Hello, hello. Uh, former bandmate even that's a lot of thing for, uh, for, how, for how long was that oh i like a practice and a, a breakfast at duncan house diner yeah, i think so it was worth it it was worth it for the breakfast i think we were called we were talking about being called bow breaks or something like that <laughs> bow breaks. That's hilarious. oh <clears throat> so joshua veldstra um published in Oh, let's see here. We have Alaskan Bride and Groom, Be Wed, Dark Beauty Magazine. Your work has been used by Grundens for some of their uh, mm-hmm. publishing works and um, their advertising. And then Vogue Italia. Oh, yeah. Vogue. Oh, my goodness. Good old Vogue. Dude. I know. From a, from a, like, a kid in Homer, Alaska uh-huh. to, like, Vogue and, like, to an adult. Homer left. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, who at time marches on. Um but uh doing it full time. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. how how'd you get there? How did I get there? Well, I uh started off honestly doing um pictures of football games here, the high school football games. And uh I would use I used to sell the cds i used to go home and burn the pictures on cds and then 
Um, uh, Andrew, that's a that's a compact disc. Uh, <laughs> I'm not that young. Okay, <laughs> not quite. You but it, he, but burning it meant you like transferred it over, and you put it inside your computer. <laughs> what I know, crazy. And, uh, and so I'd sell those to the the football players and their parents, and then I got um, through that. Like people were like, "Hey, do you do senior photos?" And I'm like, "I could try," and so I did that. And then um, did senior photos for a while and then um, got asked to do a wedding. I remember some of your early wedding work. I've, uh, <laughs> I've got access to some of that, but I will save <laughs> you from posting any of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of it was, I mean, the first wedding that I did was like the hardest situation I could have been put in as far as the location of the wedding was in... Um, <clears throat> the refuge building yeah yeah and uh that was uh that was my now that that was my <laughs> sister's right like was that no it that was, wasn't the first one no, no no that was my second one there okay the first one um was tom and dory hagen all right and it was at night in the winter in a basement perfect yeah and well, I don't see what could be wrong with the lighting in this scenario. Right. <laughs> and at the time I had like a, the, one of the first like Canon rebels that came out that, that had a little pop off flash and I just had it in auto um, and went for it. So yeah. And then from there I just got asked to do more and more and more. And that's where I'm at, I guess there was, this, you know, some things in between, but yeah, I um I remember you uh, getting hooked up with um some photographers early on that that really helped yeah you like point you in the right direction and get you going. Um, right. I rem- I remember at one point you working with our mutual friend Ken Williams. Oh um, yeah, uh-huh. um, uh huh. Who I just I love and miss terribly. I know he's um, a good guy. I uh, I still get his uh, birthday notifications <laughs> and it breaks my heart a little I bit. I miss that guy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but you, so you and I have known each other for seventeen years now, probably something like that. I think it was two thousand. I think it was two thousand six. Whenever you were here, yeah, that was yeah. Um, and then uh, I don't know, kind of. I think we we were similar age in a small town, so right. it wasn't like we had we weren't directly hanging out purposefully much, <laughs> purposefully. Uh, but like circles right yeah, similar yeah, similar yeah. circles right, constantly right um and that's when i found out you were a guitar player yeah i know so okay joshua veltzer the musician let's talk about that a little bit <laughs> barely <laughs> <laughs> um okay let's see in high school um around i think it was probably senior year um a lot of my friends were getting into music and um playing just like um at school in the in the chapel things like that um and i was like i want to be a part of this and um funny story how i got in how i got my um, good because this podcast (laughs) is dragging (laughs) funny story how i got my first um guitar um so all my friends were playing. I was like, oh, I don't have a guitar. I want a guitar um, so I can start. So um, I lived in this neighborhood. Um, 
across the street from uh, the Hagen Boys, which are my good friends. And um, one day we learned that one of our neighbors um, that lived down the, we lived out in the boonies, like out in the woods. But one of our neighbors, um, we found out had had died tragically in a boat, boating accident. And um, when does this get funny? It's about to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, being um, teenagers, we were like, well, let's go break into his house and steal his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I hope this does. I hope that like I don't get in trouble for this for twenty. <laughs> I think the 20 <laughs> yeah, has run out on Thank this goodness. one. Um, so we're like, well, he doesn't need his stuff anymore. Let's go take it. So we go down there and um, break into his house, and lo and behold, there happens to be a guitar there. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I took it. And the boy, the other boys, took some like fishing stuff, and I took a guitar. I was like, I can't just like bring this into my house. So I stashed it in like a ditch near our house. And then uh, one day um, I came, I was like, <laughs> I stashed it in the ditch so I could tell my parents I found the guitar in the ditch. <laughs> <laughs> like, where'd you get this guitar? I, f I found it in the ditch. <laughs> So that was my first guitar, and uh, I learned from there. I just like printed out some tabs and chord things, and started playing from there. And then um, was in a band for a little bit, and then I wasn't good enough to be in that band, so I got replaced by Josiah Fisher, which makes sense because he was really good. Josiah is really good, but he also doesn't touch it. I don't. One of the uh, last time I, I haven't seen him with a guitar in ages. But yeah, so I got replaced, but that's okay. Then I got better. And then was in another band with like Devion Hagen um, and Ryan Shroy and Josiah. And I played bass in that band and we were pretty decent. We did some recordings. We were called Rochambeau. And nice. uh, <laughs> we played in, in front of some good crowds. So that was really fun. Yeah. 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 Um, my favorite shows early on when that I was doing would be like, you know everyone in the crowd uh right yeah. because right kind of like this podcast who's gonna listen like, you know, <laughs> right. the eight people we yeah. send this to yeah. <laughs> right right for sure for sure <clears throat> but yeah we we did some like pretty fun stuff at like the dances at the high school because i was like just out of high school i was like one year out of high school and the rest of the guys were still in high school so we had to end with like playing at prom and the um, homecoming dances and things like that, which would get pretty rowdy. And then we did some shows other places. I don't remember. I mean, it was a long time ago. Uh, we're old. I know. Yeah. And then a few years later, um, I don't know how, how much longer, then I played in a, another band uh, with Cody Davidson. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, which was Red Path. And it was, right. It was very... Um, different vibe but i loved it um we had a cello in the band which was cool and cody is like a rapper so it was like rock rap type stuff and it was so much fun i loved it and your little sister was our biggest fan i remember that oh which one 
um, Jules. Okay. All right. She yeah. would sit. We would go. We our practices would be at uh, the Armageddon Cafe, <laughs> <laughs> and she'd sit there and listen to us practice. Um, but yeah, we put on some good shows in that band too. That was really fun. It was a, a lot like heavier music, which was cool. So now you uh you get to do the photography thing full time. Yes. Which holy cow. I know. Not a lot of people get to just I know. That's my gig. I'm very lucky in that for sure. Um and you it takes you all over the place. Yeah. Like you're not yeah. just you're not just in Alaska and then, you know, occasionally get to shoot on some glaciers. You're like <laughs> Right. You're right. like going to exotic locales. <laughs> Very exotic. Like where uh where have you been the last couple of years? Um well Iceland. Yeah. There you Iceland go. Iceland was very cool. And then the Faroe Islands, which not too many people know about when I bring that up. I didn't know about it before I went. Um, but this couple that we were shooting, their wedding in Iceland, they're like, Do you want to come on our honeymoon to Faroe Islands? And we're like, Yes. And then I looked it up and I was like, What is this place? <laughs> it is insane. Um, it's like a little set of islands in between um Iceland and Scotland. And um, it's like nowhere you've ever seen. Just like the landscape is so different than anything you could possibly imagine. So that place was probably my favorite. Um, and then we go to Hawaii and shoot weddings. And um, we went to Scotland for a wedding, New Zealand for a wedding. So all over Mexico. So, sounds like life's rough. Sounds yeah. like <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, and then, so the next big question is how has knowing me really impacted? The <laughs> it's really impacted me. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, we, we did our, uh, we had a band together for a hot, hot minute. Mm -hmm. We were, um, we were together long enough for the band to not have a falling out. I know, which so is that, really nice. Yeah, we were. I think uh, we all realized that we were adults and we didn't have time for that. For real, no. <laughs> like I, um, I'm getting hounded constantly to be in bands uh, because drummers are hard to come by. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, I'm. I never have time for that. Are you yeah, kidding me? Right. Now? I know. Like, uh, no time for that. Children. How you got two kids? Two right? kids. Yeah. Oh. Four and one. Yeah. Two girls. Um. So how is uh? I guess that's still got to be kind of awesome because your schedule lets you be dad. Yeah, time. like nine months out of the year. Yeah, I get to pretty much be home. That's pretty cool. Yeah, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, and then in the summertime, I'm gone a lot. Um, but still probably home more than, you know, like a fisherman during the, during the summer, you know. So that's really nice. I get to spend a lot of time with them. Did you ever fish? Yeah, I did. Who? Okay, I did for two summers. Did you uh, gillnet or were you on a saner? Uh, gillnet. Oh man. Yeah, running a choker. Why you was... weren't running a choker? You were <laughs> picking all the fish. Yeah, yeah, picking the fish. It was really boring. Um, <laughs> I felt like we did more sitting around waiting than we did actual fishing. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. And then I came home and I realized that I could make more money shooting one wedding than I did the entire summer. So I'm like, let's, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think for me that my favorite part of having a music shop as well is, um, getting the, the time I get to spend with my kids. Yeah. Like my daughter's homeschool. So in the morning she comes to work with me and she oh, does her, awesome. she does her schooling back here 
And then in the afternoon, we can have up to five lessons going on at once. So right. I'm I'm in a lesson studio, and all my employees are in lesson studios, and then Madeline's out running the counter. That's awesome. Um, and uh, the chick is, I'm sure, well on her way to becoming a better guitar player than I am. Oh, that's nice. for sure. Definitely. <laughs> She's already beat me at vocals, but like that <laughs> doesn't take a heck of a lot. Right. Um, yeah. I uh, And then <clears throat> and I get to... Uh, get to set my schedule a little bit so i'm i'm prioritizing my kids because i did have those jobs early on where i right. where i wasn't where i i did the commercial fishing for a couple of years where you're gone for 100 days and i did it when my kids were little and you you realized i'm never getting that time back yeah and i uh, worked for the state of alaska too which just was long hours and also had me like in dutch harbor and nan wallach and away right and uh yeah that's um getting to involve family with work and then your wife is also involved yeah yeah yeah, for sure when we go places like hawaii to do what and she'll um be my second shooter which is really nice and we usually uh, bring the grandparents along to hang out with the kids while we do that and then she runs like the whole business side of um the business so she does uh, like the bookkeeping and like the emails and the um like booking clients and schedules and everything like that so yeah which is really nice and then someday i'm gonna have you know my girls edit photos for me and then maybe to be my second shooters because <laughs> uh violet already like enjoys like sitting on my lap while i'm editing and she's like hey can you put a, an eagle in the photo right above the bride there i'm like yeah i could but it's gonna lie it's not gonna look good she's like do it anyway I'm like, all right i will <laughs> that's that's awesome (laughs) yeah so you were talking about all the jobs you had and then how did you start more music and why (laughs) why did i decide to be um the working poor right um yeah so um i was um when i moved to homer in 2006 there was a music shop here that i tried to patronize regularly um and i wanted to buy instruments from them i definitely bought accessories from them and and uh, being a music shop owner i can tell you like that's as far as the retail side of things go the accessories are where you're making your money anyway but oh right yeah when i heard they were getting ready to close i started looking for a location okay. and was was gonna see about getting some funding together and open a music shop um, and I, um, found out at that point in time that the guy who was managing it, a gentleman by the name of Steve Cornish was also opening a shop up and we're in such a tiny town, uh-huh. uh, that I, I knew we couldn't support two music shops that would, yeah. well, that would at least be successful enough to like pay people salaries. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so I, uh. I, I backed off, never had a conversation with Steve about it. Um, let him open his shop up, and then I brought him business, and I continued to have my work. Because also, Steve was older than me, and I figured, you know, at some point down the road, there's going to be another opportunity. And Right, he's going to die, and you're going to steal his guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my story. <laughs> so, um, fast forward to 2017, and I'm working for the state of Alaska. 
and um, I'm actually doing child protection, uh, which was like crazy stressful job. Oh, yeah. And find out I have a respiratory issue that um, reacts a lot like asthma does. And so if I'm in really like homes that there've been a lot of meth smoked in or just like general, like a lot of cigarette smoke or really dirty situations, which your child protective services, you're getting called into those situations all the time. Oh yeah. Um, my throat would close up, but not just like close up in that moment. I didn't have a voice for like four months. Um, I, it was, it was really, really bad. I can't even fake the kind of not having a voice I had. (laughs) It was awful. And, um, went to the doctors and they were like you have to find a new job this this job's gonna kill you and i had just had that conversation with the doctor and i was um walking into cornish music one day to buy a set of drumsticks like coming right off the heels of one of those appointments yeah and steve goes hey i haven't told a lot of people yet um but i am uh, moving out of state and if you want to buy my inventory or my business, I'll make you a deal on it. Dang. And he had no idea I had ever even looked at owning a shop. Wow. And so it just kind of fell into my lap. Yeah. And um, I put in like a four-month notice with the state. Uh-huh. Um, but I didn't have money for, I didn't have any money for marketing. Um, and you've lived in Homer right. the majority of your life, so you know how this town likes to gossip. They do. So they do. Uh, my whole marketing campaign was <laughs> um, everybody knows someone who can keep a secret. <laughs> right. So I just started telling people who I knew would telegraph it a little bit. <laughs> hey, nobody, I, I haven't really talked to anyone about this yet, but we're going to be opening up a music shop. I'm hoping for May or June of this year. Uh-huh. And uh, that worked because awesome. it didn't take very long before people were found. Were calling me, going, "I, I know you've got uh, Cornish's inventory. Do you have any? I'm desperate in need of strings." You're right. Um, and uh, yeah, that was that was it. That was the That's that awesome. was. I, I'm not going to say the birth of the dream, but that was right. the like realization yeah. and the first steps of it for sure. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. That's awesome. So, how did you first get into music and? Mm. Did, what was your first instrument that you learned to play, and did you steal it from a dead okay, person? Okay, all right, all right. We got, like, compounding <laughs> questions here. I'm going to start off with I have not yet uh, um, uh, taken any <laughs> instruments from anyone's estate. Uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um, so 1996, I'm going into seventh grade. Okay. And we can pick electives for the first time. Ooh, yes. um, actually, I'll backtrack. 1989, like kindergarten-ish, I'm, I'm already in musicals pretty frequently. Okay. And then through the 90s, I'm actually getting a lot of like lead roles in musicals. Oh, so okay. I'm okay. like starting in 89, I'm on stage, um, mostly doing vocal work. Well, I'll do in vocal work. Okay. Um, and then hit middle school. And you can choose electives. And I never understood people who were choosing electives that had homework. Like, why am I taking another language? Yeah. 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 So um, choir had a very favorable girl to guy ratio Mm -hmm. and no homework. There you go. So, yeah. And then there was a girl I was sitting by in choir who was also in band. 
And so I, I also joined band because no homework. Again, pretty favorable girl to guy ratio. Seemed like downtime. There's some time for talking in there. So I, <laughs> I joined um, I joined band. And uh, uh, yeah, same girls playing a bass drum. And I had kind of waited about as long as I could wait in the first weeks of band to pick an instrument. And the um, the I my parents, my stepdad was the principal of the school I was at and it was a Christian school. So it's not like staff got paid a uh, whole lot. Right. Yeah. And I just knew that my folks really didn't have money to be renting me a saxophone or a trumpet, which is what I wanted to play. Uh-huh. But I painted houses with him in the summertime. Okay. Um, and, uh, uh, so I had cash in my pocket at nice. the beginning of the school year and it was it was 18 bucks to be a percussionist and that that bought <laughs> you your two books that you needed your mallets and your drumsticks nice. and the teacher had it so oh, sweet um i became a percussionist um mostly because i couldn't afford to be anything else <laughs> which is funny because i probably have about twelve thousand dollars for the drums. I was gonna uh, say just uh, in my regular like weekly. Usually that's the most expensive. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's not cheap, um, but at that point in time that it was, and then um, uh, goodness, I'm I now I'm carrying my there were uh, the drumstick brand is still around. It's called Hot Sticks, and I had <laughs> they were like bumblebee yellow <laughs> with a nylon black tip. Okay. Um, and uh, I carried those in my back pocket everywhere I went because I'm a drummer. Right. Even though in That's band, yeah, even though in band class so far I have played the bells and I have maybe played the bass drum once or <laughs> twice because the bass drum was pretty occupied by the girl that I was trying right, to right. impress. And so um, uh, I'm at a youth group, and you know we had a music team at youth group at church and the youth pastor's there and he sees me with my drumsticks and he goes, Ashley, our drummer didn't show up this week. Um, why don't you jump up on stage? And it wasn't like regular youth. I, I went to a church that usually ran about 2000 people on a Sunday morning in oh, Anchorage. And so our youth group was pretty good size. Yeah. And that week we were meeting in the main auditorium and the, uh, the drum set we had on stage again. This is mid '90s. Was a three thousand oh, dollar Aot kit. It's, <laughs> and actually, um, that it, that church still uses that drum set, and I don't blame them. It's a really nice kit. And um, um, the youth pastor goes, "Hey, we don't have a, we don't have a drummer. Jump up and you just fill in this week." <laughs> and I can't say like I haven't actually played drums yet. Uh-huh. I'm just walking around like a poser. Right. Uh, so I go, you know, I, I haven't practiced with them. <laughs> that could be, it's kind of inconsiderate for me to jump in and not having <laughs> practice. He goes, it's going to be fine. It's just a couple songs. And I said, I'm not really familiar with that drum set yet. I don't, I, you know, it's, it won't be good. Right. And uh, no, get up there. It's fine. And the only thing that kind of saved me is the worship leader that that church had at that point in time was really picky about his drummers and so he was hiring drummers if they didn't have one on a for a week and uh, i was just studying what those drummers were doing on sunday mornings Uh and just playing that on the back of the pew in front of me oh right yeah and uh um we were doing a song called lord light the fire again which had this crazy like tom rhythm Uh in it and i had memorized that 
Oh, nice. Look but, you go. but I had never played a drum set before. <laughs> right. So I got up there and I was scared at how loud they were. Like the first time I hit a cymbal, I actually like flinched. And I'm by the by already in front of like 60 kids who right. showed up. Yeah. Um, and so I uh, do an awful job faking my way through three songs. And then that. I'm very careful to not carry drumsticks around with me. Yes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and then, um, so that next, that happened midwinter. Um, the, that spring, I get my stepdad, who, the principal, to ask the band director if I can take the school drum set home for the summer. Oh, nice. And I play the only rhythm I know four <laughs> hours a day right. all summer long. It finally kind of evolves into other beats. And I'm I'm listening to the Jars of Clay self-title album, <laughs> DC Talk, Jesus Freak, Newsboys, yes. Take Me to Your Leader. Yes. Um, but then also I'm listening to a radio station in Anchorage called 98.9 Magic FM. Okay. And um, uh, there was uh, Mix 103.1. And so it was, those were adult contemporary stations yes, basically yeah. and so um and everything from like sarah mclaughlin to uh <laughs> matchbox 20 yeah, yeah. and i'm just kind of trying to copy what they're doing and a lot of times i'm just sitting on the edge of my bed playing air drums to it yeah yeah and um i auditioned to get into the band in the fall and i get in i actually beat out a high schooler oh, um, yeah. and that kind of began a journey of me just playing all the time yeah. Um, I was in, I was in a band the following year, um, that was a Christian punk band. And that one actually like, that, we played a lot of shows, but we not just in the state. We also played in like Colorado. Wow. Um, what was that called? Uh, they, we, the name we ended on was Sherman steadfast. Sherman steadfast. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I was, uh, I would, I was also because drummers are hard to come by filling, the i was the i was the fill-in drummer for like every other church in anchorage so <laughs> it was there was times yeah. i'd play at five different churches Holy in smokes. a week Jeez. just covering for all their different drummers wow um and then i'm playing at school our school had not just like a band class but we also had we we ended up with like because it was a christian school so we did a we had a, a church band class in it yeah. basically yeah and uh um then i'm going home and practicing and then i go have a rehearsal i'd go to that week so by the time i'm like a junior in high school i'm playing music 40 to 50 hours a week dang um that's awesome and uh then i i i picked up guitar a little bit at that point in time um to impress the same girl actually <laughs> and but i didn't i didn't play a whole lot i i, I knew like G, a cheese ball version of C that we all used in the nineties. <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And D and like E minor, you uh -huh. know, and I could branch out to like A or something, but like, <laughs> Hey, you got a capo. Now you can like, <laughs> you're, you're golden. Right. Um, and, but so I just played a little bit. And then, um, when I moved to Homer, I was approached by the Harbor school of music and dance, um, to teach percussion there. And so that's when I really started playing more guitar was as their drum teacher, I would teach my students a concept. There was a drum teacher in town who actually really inspired me to teach drums because none of his students 
could hear music and just play. Oh, wow. They all mm-hmm. could only play out of a book. Oh, okay. And um, as a drummer, that kind of makes you fairly useless. There's just a handful <laughs> of situations where right. somebody's going to hand you music. Yeah. And, for, yeah. and you have to be able to play by ear. So um, I'm at the Harbor School of Music and Dance, who I still love. I still love that crew over there. Uh, I still have a ton of respect for them. And, and um, uh, we still refer students to them, even though we, like, we teach here. Um, we both have, we have different approaches and we both specialize in different instruments. And, uh, but, um, so I'm, I'm teaching drums over there at that point in time. You do remember you taught me drums there. What? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm, (laughs) I'm so bad at remembering who my students were. Yeah. I was your student. You taught me some drums. (laughs) Andrew is sitting over here. 0% surprised because I call him if I'm ever not in the studio, I will call him and be like, who do I have next? And how good am I at remembering my students' names? You're better now. (laughs) (laughs) You never forgot my name, but you just weren't always there for the lessons either. (laughs) So it's all good. It's all forgiven. That's funny. He has to say that now because he's on payroll. Um, So, uh, um, yeah, no, I had a I had a customer in the shop, uh, last summer, sometime last year. Who knows? Is in the not too distant past, and um, he's kind of bragging up the shop. Like, I really like that you've, we've got this here in Homer, and we're, we're, he's asking about me a little bit, and I start telling him um, my story and that I used to teach at the Harbor School of Music and Dance, and he looks at me. He's like, dude. I know you used to be my teacher. You were my drum teacher for like two years. <laughs> and I was like, in my defense, you didn't have a beard when you were 12. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's different. That's different. But that definitely made me feel old. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, but yeah, so I was, uh, uh, music was, even when I, I, I used to work at South Peninsula Behavioral Health. In fact, I'm still on their board of directors. And um, Do you remember that you were my boss there for a minute too? <laughs> No, I remembered that we overlapped there. I didn't remember that I was your I mean, you were my, my supervisor. That's funny. Um, <laughs> no, in fact, Madeline will, uh, um, somebody will talk to one of my kids and they're like, your dad used to be my boss or, or I'll see someone and I'm like, oh yeah, I used to be their supervisor and Madeline will go like, I, who in town have you not seen? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but uh, no, that's funny. I totally forgot about yeah. that connection until I brought up SPBHS just now. So um, uh, I was I was working there, and then I was teaching at the Harbor School of Music and Dance in the in the afternoons. And then when I went to work for the state of Alaska, the state of Alaska doesn't really want you multitasking while you're for that, especially the first Moonlighting. year. Yeah, well, in the first year, that job is so demanding. You you really I couldn't. Right. Um, yeah. But also the, there's so many times where I'm getting called out at the very end of the day to go respond to an emergency situation somewhere. So yeah. it just it didn't work for the two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then I ended up then I ended up here, and mm-hmm. uh, now here I te- now I teach drums and guitar and ukulele and bass occasionally, but I usually shuffle bass students over to Andrew. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so what's the obsession with Superman? So, <laughs> and all yeah. Things? yeah, I got the Superman guitar on the wall over I there. Know, I got a Superman like hat on today. So, I like it. Um, 
So I, I'm, I've not confession. I've been a big comic book reader. Um, uh, I do know a ton of the Superman history and lore, but really what happened is, you know, I was a little kid in the eighties and Christopher Reeve, man, Mm -hmm. like Reeves. Um, and, uh, um, so two year old me is in his Superman pajamas and uh, we're living in Eagle River, Alaska at the time. And uh, I get, my mom spanks me with a wooden spoon because it was the 80s. Right. And, That's um, what you did. Uh, the spoon broke while I'm wearing <laughs> while I'm wearing the Man of Steel PJs. Okay. And okay. so then I'm convinced that when in the pajamas, I am the Man of Steel. And so I, um, I wear a lot of Superman clothes for the next like two years. I've kind of uh-huh. got this little Superman obsession going on. Right. Um, I grow up and grow out of it. Uh-huh. And I don't really, I, I, I loved the Warner Brothers DC cartoons of yeah. the uh-huh. of the 90s. Um, and, but I was not like Superman obsessed per se. Yeah. And then um, between my junior and senior year, I'm a junior camp counselor at a, at a middle school camp. Okay. And it's a five-day camp. So I thought it would be cool. Not because I'm obsessed with Superman, but because it seemed like a senior thing to do um, to wear a a different Superman shirt every day of the camp. Nice. So I went and bought five Superman shirts with different designs. And um, uh, I wear them at the camp. And then I start wearing them, like start incorporating them in my daily wear. (laughs) Your daily wear. Yeah. And um, (laughs) my, the guy, a guy who had Michael Howard. Um, he would later become the front man for another group I was in called Finding Clark. Um, he, uh, he's like, Ashley, you know, if you're gonna make that cool, you got to do it every day. Okay. And so I start wearing Superman shirts every day and just kind of make that my thing. Dumb thing to make my thing. But so I'm, I'm (laughs) (laughs) I'm wearing Superman shirts every day. And then, um, he calls me cause he's a guitar player, vocalist. Um, and he and I had had played music together before and he goes hey we're gonna start an emo band <laughs> and uh you're a you're an emo drummer dude like you you <laughs> play like drummer. you play like the guys from finch and thursday and like you're you're busy and all over the place and technical um and you can be you can be tight and uh so i i want you to to be our drummer and we got to think of a na- name and he starts like rattling off all these bands that were popular in anchorage at the moment not uh-huh. really like on a worldwide yeah, scene. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of uh, like action verbs and then <laughs> and then proper nouns. Like this one group was missing Zori. And uh, so I was like, so something like finding Clark because I see a Superman shirt hanging up in my room. So I'm right. like finding, finding Clark. And he's like, yeah, that's it. That's our name. It's perfect. I'm like that is a stupid name. Michael's like, no, that's our name. It's great. And um, so uh so then i kind of become the clark like you're the guy with the superman stuff all the time your band's name is finding clark and um in fact we were getting interviewed uh by the perfect world uh it used to be in eight the eight magazine that used to come in the anchorage daily news and um uh we were the the person interviewing us as a band goes okay i want to just talk about the meaning of your name real quick. Okay. And uh, we didn't, you know, we didn't have one. And so we're like, okay. Um, 
It's like that tattoo you got because it looked cool. Um, <laughs> and so she uh, she goes, okay, so is it that like Lois Lane is in love with Superman and Superman's in love with Lois Lane, but he isn't Superman every, all the time. He's actually Clark Kent. And so she wants... He wants Lois Lane to find Clark. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's wow. it. That's it. You nailed it. You, you, you got that right away. And so that became the, the canon uh, right. uh, uh, meaning of our band's name because that's what got published. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> so now when you become the guy who, like, um, it, was a, it was a year and 10 days, I wore, um, I wore Superman shirts. Um, wow. Yeah, because I was trying to get in a Guinness. Uh, hot tip, kids. <laughs> if you're trying to get in a Guinness no Book of World way. Records, no uh, contact them before you attempt your record. Oh, yeah, that'll uh, do it. Yeah, because they, um, they replied to me about three months after I sent my email, and it was something to the effect of, we can't find a category to put you wore a <laughs> Superman shirt for a year and 10 days in, and oh next time you're going to attempt a record, let us know ahead of time. Right. Um, well, you got time do it again mm, pass uh <laughs> <laughs> because now i'm uh, kind of a large fellow and i look like a parody of a superman <laughs> um but uh i uh so when you when you have when you're wearing superman shirts that often i actually only ever purchased five of the superman shirts for myself i ended the year with 36 oh wow because people would see it and uh -huh. buy it for me oh there you go and that's um nice free clothes uh, yeah so like that superman guitar that's hanging on the wall uh-huh um that is actually a prize for playing the five dollar ring toss game at six flags or at least it was like 12 <laughs> years ago and um it plays like a five dollar ring yeah, toss game prize. <laughs> but you know for a guy who collects guitars and yeah. has superman stuff i did buy that but most of the things that i have that are superman things like if you look at my workshop and then uh -huh. in my lesson studios i have a lot of superman stuff i didn't buy any of that that just that's awesome yeah people see superman comes, things like oh, i thought of you the hat that i'm wearing right, right. now i didn't yeah. buy that yeah yeah. So there's the Superman. I like it. Weird connection. I like it. We need to go back though. Okay. We need to go back. When you said your friend was like, we need to start, we're going to start an emo band. Do people start, say, I'm going to start an emo band. I just figured you start a band and then it just like, they label you emo. I've never heard anyone say, I'm going to start an emo right, band. Right, right. Well, we're going to be in a <laughs> punk band. We're going to be in a rock band. And then turns out all and your then stuff's it's like, really and then it's, yeah, yeah, and then it, it turns out emo. I've never heard someone say, I'm going to be an emo. I want to start an emo specific. Yeah, band. no, we did. I mean, that was that we did that for sure. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, I was also I had also been in a Christian punk band up until uh, that point right. that um, the premise for why I was kicked out was because oh. my theology wasn't the same. That was the only job I've wow. ever been fired from. I got kicked out of a punk band. What band was that? Um, it was it was it was Sherman Steadfast. Andy Ball, if you listen, I love you. Michael Sheldon, you're a good guy. I don't have any hard feelings. <coughs> um, <laughs> but uh, no, the, I and I, I it was really like personality difference. And again, like your story, there was a, a another drummer mm. who um, was a little bit more punk rock than me. Right. And uh, I did a lot better in the rock to funk things. Mm, okay, um, okay. And uh, like kind of, and also like jazz fusion. And uh, so that's what, but yeah, so that's, I've been, the, the one job I've been fired from. 
Dang. Thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. Oh, you didn't. You asked me about I'm the emo you, band. He's starting an actual emo band. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. That was a thing. Um, and my bass player from that is uh, it was Andy Allen, and he's still like uh, we, he and I talk every other every other day. Every oh, that's awesome. A few times a week, anyway. That's super fun. I miss playing in a band. It's so much fun. We should do that. <laughs> <laughs> That would be fun. <laughs> Maybe when my children are in college and I'm old. <laughs> right. Well, you know, we just, now we're doing things for us. We're not right. doing things. Like, I'm not, I have no plans on getting famous doing music. That's for sure. But I love wow. being everyone support musician. Um, I like that. Like, like getting to, getting to fix people's things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, even when we were in a band, we were talking about getting a, a female vocalist. Yeah. Sadie. Uh, um, and people, uh, I remember somebody told us like, you guys know that if you get a female vocalist, it's going to be, everybody's going to identify it as her band. Like no one's going to know who you are. I was like, I'm a drummer. Nobody knows who I am in a band anyway. I don't don't care about that. (laughs) Right. As it should be. You're correct. I just want to play good (laughs) music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, I think that's one of the reasons why now I love so much that my daughter is pursuing it and she's got her own band and, Oh, wait um, she's got a band yeah dude what the heck yeah they're working on they're working on some stuff um the other night she comes out in my living room and just starts playing a little concert the chick's got over 30 songs written Holy smokes. and i'm like when did all this and they're bangers now i get that i'm like <laughs> yeah. i'm her dad but um holy cow and then she's writing on a level i've never wrote at i did i did write a lot of my band's lyrics um of various bands i was in um, but, uh, and I helped some other bands with their lyrics sometimes, but her stuff is so much better than anything That's I was awesome. doing. Yeah. Is it yeah. emo or <laughs> she's, um, I, I made a, I made an Instagram story that definitely said I made a chick, Chris Caraba. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The OG of emo. Um, <laughs> but, awesome. uh, uh, I, that's not what her, like, that's <laughs> not what they're doing. It's just, you know, you're a teen, you write about teen things. What are yeah. those teen things about? Usually love not happening, love gone wrong. Yeah. Like being frustrated with you. They got a great song about chicks dyeing their hair, which is about the most <laughs> accurate observation <laughs> of, uh, human mental health. <laughs> oh my gosh. Are they recording? Um, they plan on, uh, they've already been talking to Andrew over here okay. uh, about doing some studio work nice. and, um, uh, they're good. I'm excited. I'm really excited for it. And I hope that they, they get what they want out of this journey. That's awesome. How has, <coughs> wow. Hey, welcome. <laughs> good morning. Please cut that. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's staying in. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. Back down here. How do you think that? technology has changed your line of work oh because there was hardly no there wasn't any technology type stuff when i was really playing music in bands and things like that there was like nothing yeah it was minimal for sure and you could you could become an expert on things really quick right and now um people walk in and ask questions about something and i go andrew (laughs) 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 because that's not my forte yeah um it's uh it's it's changed what music what music people are producing okay it's changed people's need to access a studio okay because you're able to you can self 
you can self-produce, you can self-record, you can self-publish. There's a lot of platforms for that now, and people should explore them. But the other thing, musicians, if you're listening to this, get yourself a business license. You're spending a lot of money on your music. Um, get yourself a business license. Write off some of these expenses. And yeah. if, it, especially yeah. especially if you're gigging and you're getting paid for any of the things or you have now uploaded any of your work onto a platform where you're getting monetized, it it's not expensive to get a license and you're I mean you're doing it as a business even if you think you're just doing it as a hobby like get yeah. started on it right now and it's easy um but yeah that I think that has been one of the biggest changes and we're seeing um you know electric guitar is not the instrument it used to be when we were young that was the instrument you one of the instruments you really aspired to um and now it, that's one of our, that, that's the slowest moving thing. Really? Why do you think that is? Um, we don't have guitar gods. Uh, think about, think about bands oh, today. Yeah. Um, there's, there've been articles written on like the death of the guitar God or that uh, we don't like, we don't have Eddie Van Halen's shredding anymore. When you think of shredders right now, who comes to mind? Like John Mayer, <laughs> who's by a phenomenal guitar player. But uh, who, right, I mean, yeah, you you don't have those idols you look up to, anymore. right, right, right. So the the guitar solo has been replaced with the with the rap bridge, yeah. Um, and then music has become highly electronic, which I'm right. not against. Right. Um, it makes sales a little slower for me. Right. Uh, but um, I I'm not opposed to access, maybe being able to access, um, uh music and, and make your own music right right yeah i was i was actually thinking about that the last year or so like like as far as like rock bands go like there aren't those like i mean the foo fighters are the only ones that i feel like are still like doing like the rock thing if you're you not know? specifically listening to a genre and watching artists for what's released I would say yes. They're the, probably the most main, one of the most mainstream right. groups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, like we've been Foo fans for right. forever. <laughs> so, so they're on our radar still. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I would say that the awards, the accolades that they're getting, are um, evidentiary of their their success still in the mainstream for right. sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, we got to do this some more. That was fun. Yeah. Um, maybe we get some other guests on and you come back and uh, guest host with me. Ooh, I'd love that. Oh, that sounds awesome. I love that. Um, uh, thanks for taking your time to listen to our show. Uh, More Music is uh, written and hosted by me, Ashley Moore. Today we have our uh, guest and maybe future co-host, mm -hmm. uh, Joshua Veltstra. And uh, More Music is produced and engineered by andrew napier we recorded in homer alaska and we hope you have a great day